What's up, everybody? This is the Hoop Life with Sean and Sean podcast. I'm your host, Sean B. Taylor. And I'm your host, Sean C. Taylor, coming to you live with another episode, episode number 22 of season two. This is Milwaukee! That's good. That's pretty good. Hey, that's a little play off the movie, the famous scene. uh, I'm sorry, the famous scene from the famous movie 300, where Leonidas, I believe is his name, Gerard Butler, the main character, the dude, the messenger from Persia says, we gonna rough y'all up, enslave y'all and all that. And Leonidas is like, nah, we not going like that. And he says, this is Sparta, and kicks the dude down the well. So that was pretty good, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) My man got hyped too. So yo, let's get right into it. Milwaukee folks, myself included, Thought that they were dead in the water after they went down 2-0 in the finals to Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. They were being thoroughly outplayed, thoroughly outcoached, and folks were counting them out. Mm-hmm. Stephen A. Smith made some disparaging remarks about the city of Milwaukee and all that. People were like, forget Stephen A. Smith. And then Milwaukee came back and was like, nah, we got something for that with a big 20-point win in game three. Mm-hmm. Giannis back-to-back 40-point games for the first time in his career, I believe. Yeah. And I think it's like only the first or second time, maybe the second time in the I think, finals. I feel, I feel like LeBron did that in 2016. Because I know he had 40. Him and Kyrie had 40. Oh, that's 40. a good point. Yeah, and I think LeBron did it the next game. Yeah, I feel like it was maybe LeBron, maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is LeBron and Giannis both had back-to-back 41-point games. It was exactly 41. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah in the last game, Giannis had 41, and thir- 41 points, 13 rebounds. And six assists. And he shot, like, Uncle Trey, we were talking about it earlier. Shout out to Uncle Trey. He was like, Giannis had an efficient 40. Mm-hmm. It was, like, on 22 shots. Yeah. That's insane. So he has clearly established himself. Well, game one, he came back. He was coming back off knee injury. Still had, what, 20 and 17, something like that? Yeah. People were like, oh, he's he not the same Giannis. Then he comes back with 40 and 40. Mm-hmm. He's clearly established himself as the best player and the most dominant and forceful player in the series, right? Yeah. Now, before the series started, I said Bucks and seven. I mean, I'm sorry, Suns and seven, right? Thought yeah. it was going to be a really close series. Mm-hmm. I know you had said, what, maybe Suns and six? Yeah. Yeah, so we thought it was going to be close, but after the first two games watching, we're like, man, the Suns are just outclassing these dudes, right? Mm-hmm. And now we got a series. Yeah. So what what are you thinking? What are you cuz you you had some interesting you said some interesting things to me after game 3. Well, I mean, like I don't know what it was, but just the Suns going up 0-2. It's like almost, I I can't think of one team in this whole entire playoffs besides the Bucks actually who when they go up 2-0 have actually won game 3. I can't mm. think of one team. So it's not necessarily that I thought the Bucks were gonna just find a way to win. I just thought that no matter, like almost no matter what, the Suns were just gonna lose. Somehow. Well, the, the Suns swept Denver. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so right. The so Suns they won swept. Game Three in that, right? So yeah, it's kind of ironic that it's the the Bucks and the Suns. Right. Okay. So, That's a good point. So yeah, that. Um, and I don't know. Like I'm starting to kind of get almost like Phoenix versus LA vibes, where it's like you know like. Like, L.A. had, you know, lost game one, but then they came back, won two games in a row, and then Suns kind of made an adjustment. Mm. Then, you know, like, obviously, um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker didn't get injured like Anthony Davis did. But, right. you know, in, I think it was game four, um, 
we did see kind of like the Suns, like they they were up and they kind of seemed like they had their foot on the gas a little bit. Right, they right. Like they had made the adjustment. That's a good point. And um, yeah, the the Bucks especially they they made a an adjustment where they finally was starting to trap Chris Paul off right. that that staggered um high, like high stagger screen or yeah, whatever you call it. Yeah, it was a staggered high ball screen. Yeah, staggered high ball screen for um Chris Paul. And they finally forced him to make that tough pass to the corner. Right. And um, well, they made him uncomfortable. Yeah, they made him uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, and and Chris Paul is usually great at making sure that he's always comfortable. Right. Right. So if you make him uncomfortable, right, then that's going to be big, and especially because Devin Booker wasn't playing good. Right. So I mean, it's it's the old saying where coaches would say you got to cut the head off the snake, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you take the point guard away. And then the whole team will kind of not fold, so to speak, but it it impacts the entire team, right? Mm-hmm. Especially on a team like Phoenix, who is heavily reliant on this superstar point guard in Chris Paul, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think, like you said, making that adjustment where they were at least hedging a little higher on some of them right. or trapping, like you said, um, Chris Paul, as great as he is, He's six feet tall at most. Yeah. So, and the Bucks have some bigger guards and some length with Middleton and Holiday and right. obviously Giannis, uh, P.J. Tucker. So, it's like they should be able to, even if you don't steal the ball, you get some deflections. You are able to make them throw the ball maybe a little bit off time or off target. Mm-hmm. Just something to switch it up. But they weren't doing that in the first two games. And like you said, in game three, they definitely made that adjustment. Yeah. Right. And uh, credit to the role players as well, because the role players stepped up and they played great. Yeah. Um, even um, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, I thought they had been playing a little little shabby. Right. Um, first two games, but, um, you know, they kind of picked it up. Right. And, um, well, Holiday just wasn't good. The yeah. The first two games, yeah, <laughs> he, he just wasn't he, good. Yeah, he wasn't great. Yeah. So, you know, he definitely picked it up. Um, Drew Holiday, I will say, has been really good defensively. Yeah. So that that's one thing, you know, why he had to play no matter what. Yeah. Oh, sorry if y'all hear a noise. I don't. I think that's a car outside. Oh. You yeah. Better tell him that man. Yeah. <laughs> um. And um. Chris Middleton's finally started to get buckets, and he's kind of stepped up his game defensively. Yeah. I mean, well, he didn't shoot particularly well in Game Three, but defensively, I felt like he was more locked in. Yeah. And another thing, again, talking to Uncle Trey just a little while ago. Um, he, he brought up a good point about how Budenholzer, and we've been very critical of him, so we got to give him credit when he makes uh, a good adjustment. Mm-hmm. And he did that with the, the high ball screen, right? But also, he put Holiday on Chris Paul instead of P.J. Tucker. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, see, you can't put, like, bigger dudes on Chris Paul. Well, I mean, and Holiday is bigger. He's a bigger guard, but he also is just a better on-ball defender. Yeah. P.J. Tucker is better because he's a little bit more stout. Mm-hmm. He's better at guarding bigger players. Yeah, like a like a Giannis. Like like a Giannis, like a Kevin Durant in the previous mm-hmm. series, right? Mm-hmm. Where Kevin Durant went off, but he had to work for his points. Mm-hmm. And you saw toward at the end of that game seven, he was gassed, right? Right. Um, because PJ Tucker's just putting that big body on him, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not great at sliding his feet with quicker players. Yeah. Whereas Drew Holiday is a little better at that. He looks like he's got a little, uh, his arms are a little bit longer as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did a great job of chasing over top of the screens and not dying on those screens where right. they just switch and then let Chris Paul roam around, mm-hmm. um, eventually settling on a one-on-one matchup with Brooke Lopez, which is just not mm-hmm. good for the Bucks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are some good adjustments. Um, Uncle Trey, I know I'm shouting him out a lot right now, but he also brought up mm-hmm. one extra point to, to your point about Devin Booker not playing well. 
Chris Middleton is kind of a bigger guard as well, even though he's not that athletic. Right. But Chris Middleton stayed with Devin Booker great, mm-hmm. right, and made Devin Booker shoot over top of Chris uh, Middleton. He didn't go for any fakes or anything. He stayed on the ground and said, mm-hmm. okay, you're going to have to just shoot over me. Yeah. Right? And as great as Devin Booker is, he's not a great athlete. Mm-hmm. He's not an overpowering athlete as w- at, at all, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think Chris Middleton being very uh, disciplined on defense was – it reminds me almost of like a Bruce Bowen type mm-hmm. where Bruce Bowen – I know it's a little before your time – wasn't the greatest athlete, but right. he was just very, very disciplined. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so it's like you can score, but you're going to score over top of me every time. Or like a Shane Battier type, right? Mm-hmm. Not the best athletes, but very disciplined High IQ defenders. Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of reminded me of in game three. Yeah. Uh, like they say, defense wins championships. And, True. you know, I think that Giannis has already established that he's going to get his on offense. Right. Right. And the, the offense doesn't seem to be too much of a problem for the Bucks right. as of right now. Right. You know, especially when you look back at game three. Great point. But I think that really it's just it's going to come down to is Chris Milton still playing defense the same way? That you know he did in Game Three, which okay. you know he really needs to. Right. Um, Drew Holiday, I'm very confident that he will, but will he um, continue to do an excellent um, job defensively on um, right. Chris Paul? Will PJ Tucker kind of you know do a great job? You know, just kind of guarding like kind of guarding like anyone like Macau Bridges right. or like you know if he needs to switch on to eight and sometimes right, you know, right. he stays very disciplined yeah um he kind of holds his own against um anybody out there yeah um that he's assigned to so yeah i think that the bucks defense is you know going to be the main thing that they really need to focus on cuz they're going to get there as an offense like right. they're going to score they're going to you know do what they need to do um, to win games on offense, but on defense, you know, you also have to bring it. That's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, Drew Holiday shot six for eight from the three-point line last game because they were going under those screens, Mm -hmm. and he was shooting with confidence, not hesitating at all, knocking them down. Mm -hmm. But like I said, Chris Middleton didn't shoot great. So Mm -hmm. it's like if those two can put together a game where they're both shooting well, Mm -hmm. that's going to be really, really tough. And this series is very much alive, you know? Yeah. Um, so far, both teams have held home court. Mm-hmm. No one's broken that home court yet. And so, yeah, I, I still, like, I, I'm very encouraged now after game three that this could still go to a good seven games, right? Yeah. Now, one person you didn't mention, even though you said the role players, right, mm-hmm. is your guy, my guy, mm-hmm. OG Bobby Portis. Oh, yeah. OG Bobby Portis was hooping in only 18 minutes. He had 11 points and eight rebounds, right? Right. For comparison's sake, Brooke Lopez had two rebounds in, I think, 21 or 22 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And I've just been crushing Brooke Lopez because I'm like, this dude, I don't understand. If you're not going to use that seven-foot, you know, the height or whatever to, to be close to the basket, and then you're not knocking down threes, mm-hmm. so you're not rebounding, you're not scoring around the basket, and you're not hitting from the perimeter, what are you on the court for? And defensively, his feet are just too heavy for him to guard these 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 swift perimeter players. Yeah, he's kind of just like you know, like a discount Porzingis. Oh my God, he's where it's just like you know, he's not really great defensively, and he's a little bit smaller, though, like a probably a lot shorter wingspan than Porzingis. Yeah, no, he's not. Man, I mean, he's probably a little bit shorter, but he's not like Brook Lopez is a big guy. 
Yeah, but it's like he he doesn't even move as great as Porzingis. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean he's bigger, so that's why I'm like you should be banging around the basket. Yeah, and he he tries to hang out around the three point line too much. Right. Um, I saw him hit one three, but you know that was kind of that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah, he got a block. Um, he did. Yeah. He had a really good. I forget who that was on. Uh, yeah. It was a really good block too. Yeah. Um. But, and I I get Lopez. Like, from a coaching standpoint, you want him to draw eight and away from the basket, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just – I don't know. I'm I'm just not feeling him in the lineup right now. Not that he's not a good player. I just don't feel like he's great for this series. Yeah. Um, we we should have probably looked up his, like, career stats, but I feel like there was a, a season where he didn't average, like, a lot of rebounds. Like, it might have been, like, less than five. He doesn't average a lot of rebounds in general. Yeah, like, I think there was a series – or a season – where he averaged literally like four rebounds a game. Okay, so this season he averaged five He averaged rebounds. five on the dot, 12 points, five rebounds, right? Yeah. And so for his career, we're looking at 6.3. So he, for being a seven-footer, he's not a great rebounder, right? And some of that, again, is strategy because for Milwaukee, he spends a lot of time on the perimeter. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I just – I feel like – if I'm Milwaukee and Lopez is on the court, mm-hmm. we're running high low all day with Giannis and Lopez. Yeah. Right? Like, and I'm, Giannis is going to have to flash that free throw line. And even if he doesn't shoot it, mm-hmm. he's going to have to drive it or something. Right? Yeah. But, you know, again, it's not saying that Brooke Lopez isn't a good player. I just don't think he's great for this series. And we're more so talking about OG Bobby Portis because I'm, I'm a huge fan of how he's been playing. His energy and just overall grit has been great for them. Yeah, like I said, put him in the starting lineup, you know. Right. Um, put Giannis at center. Um, put him or um, Tucker at small forward and power forward, whichever right. one. And then put Middleton at two, um, Drew Holiday at the one. Like, I think that that yeah. would be a really nice lineup. Unless you want Bobby Porter off the bench to, you know, kind of bring some of that, that fire That's power. a good point. So, That's a you good know, point. Um, Milwaukee, do what you want. Um, with Bobby Porter's, but I think that he he really is going to help y'all. He's going to be a big X factor. I agree. Um, yeah, and he may not start the games, but like you said, he comes in, injects a lot of energy into the team, and uh, he's definitely going to be one of the guys to finish the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, like we said, Milwaukee won by 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Suns, you know, they, they have to regroup for the game tomorrow on Wednesday. But one highlight from from the Suns oh, is whoa. the guy that you love to hate, who I've been saying this guy is a real hooper for a while now. Cam Johnson delivered one of the ultimate NBA Finals posters on PJ Tucker. Yeah. Like that I mean, we rewound that maybe like seven times mm-hmm. because it was so filthy. <laughs> he just yeah. went straight down the middle and crushed on PJ Tucker. Yeah. Who tried to take a charge and then they end up calling a block on him. So right. it was just all around bad. Yeah. I mean, that was a really, really vicious play. Yeah, that I was not expecting that. I, you know, <laughs> never remember seeing Cam Johnson's dunk until then. <laughs> oh, Cam Johnson's like six eight, man. He's a really good player. I know, but there are just some six eight dudes that's just like, you know, they don't really get up there. Oh my god. So it like was extremely shocked and surprised <laughs> by that. Um, you know, I usually think of him as like a, a shooter, uh, kind of a three and D type. Right. 
and uh, he and then he just went ahead and did that. I was yeah. like, wow. So are you ready to put some respect on his name? Yeah, I put some respect. On <laughs> okay, name. thank you. Thanks. Shout out to Cam Johnson, who by the way graduated from UNC in three years and is currently working on a master's. So that's part of the reason when you see him make such high IQ basketball plays, he's a, a brilliant guy. So shout out to Cam Johnson and y'all have similar hair. So <laughs> um, speaking of three and D guys and like coming out and just trying to crush on people, mm-hmm. Team USA, man, yeah, what's going on with them? So they lost their first exhibition game. To Nigeria, Team Nigeria. So it's funny because they always say Team USA versus like Nigeria versus like Australia, right? Mm. But is it like Team USA versus Team Nigeria? I wonder. It probably had to be. Right? So Team USA lost to Team Nigeria a few days ago, Mm. 90 to 87. And then last night lost to Team Australia by I forget how many points. We didn't even get it into the notes because we were were playing on recording this episode yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, And they lost to Patty Mills and them. Yeah. Right? Um, not They just haven't looked good. And they could definitely use a 3 and D guy. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think they have they have Jeremy Grant, who's one of those type of players. Right? But they could use another one of those and some other things. So, like, what what are you seeing so far in the two games that you've watched? And why do you think that they've lost both of these exhibition games? Well, I mean, there's no real excuse um, for them to lose these exhibition games. Um, you know, they are NBA players. So yep. I think that, you know, you should probably be getting the job done. Hey, and but let me jump in real quick. Nigeria had, I think, what, four or five NBA players on their team? I know, but you got some all-time greats like Kevin Durant. Right. So like, Shannon Sharp said, Skip Bailey said, yeah, Nigeria has like five NBA players on their mm-hmm. team, right? And Shannon Sharp was like, you know how many NBA players Team USA has? All of them. Yeah, like... <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, and it's like... um, They also are down three players right now. Um, Chris Middleton, who, you know, he's not... A, I don't know if I'd consider him as a 3 and D mm, player. Good point. Like, but, you know, they could use him. Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. They can definitely use him. He's... I can't say he's been killing recently because he actually kind of hasn't. Right. But, you know, in this postseason, for the most part, he has. Right. And a Drew Holiday. Right. So um, that's a guy who definitely is, you know, been doing his thing on de- um, on defense, and you know, always has been, you know, great defensively. So I think they can use him right. a lot as well. But um, yeah, like I said, you know, they just kind of have been shooting bad. Um, their chemistry is not great, I feel like, and you know, their flow is a little off. Yeah, like I don't think they know how to kind of, you know, like play amongst each other because right. you know it's a bunch of superstars um, or. There, there's a couple of all-stars, ball-dominant dudes like Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard. Right. It, you know, like, you got those guys, and you're like, they all try to go get buckets. Uh, Jason Tatum. Right. So it's like, you know, you got, like, four dudes who are extremely ball-dominant. Ball right. And, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of get that to mesh and to flow. Right. And, you know, like I said, they also have been shooting bad. But at the same time, there is... I feel like there's no reason for them to be losing. I feel like it's just inexcused. They just really have to play better. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, obviously they just came together like a week ago, mm-hmm. right? And so there's going to be that lack of continuity, like you said. Um, but on the defensive end is where I'm like, whoa, this is not looking good, right? Mm-hmm. Because I said it earlier, if not for Draymond Green, they yeah. would be losing my double figures mm-hmm. because – 
if anyone's ever questioned Draymond Green's value, which, you know, people who really understand the game don't, but if anyone has, watching these two games should quiet all that noise because defensively he's been incredible. Yeah. Incredibly sliding his feet with the guards, blocking shots, taking charge. Like, he's just playing incredible on defense, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like the rest of his team is not matching that same intensity, right? Mm -hmm. But then also, like, last night there was a play where, um, I forget who, I think Patty Mills had it at the top of the key. And then two of the Australian players... They went one went to set a, a down screen like a corner screen really right right so KD's guarding the guy in the corner Tatum's guarding the the hot the guy setting the the screen right the screener mm-hmm. and so Tatum just stays topside expecting for the screen to happen right right but the screen never really happened yeah so he's just kind of standing standing in no man's land with his back to the basketball so that's bad defensive principles right mm-hmm. and so the guy just slipped and got a wide open layup. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you can't really expect the switch to happen until it's time to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, you, it's Jason Tatum. He's an NBA superstar. You should know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and little breakdowns like that where guys were just, you know, backdooring Team USA, mm-hmm. uh, getting direct line drives for penetration in buckets or kickouts. Yeah. Um, yeah, defensively, I think they really need to step their game up. I, now, we had talked about how – Team USA doesn't have any real centers, right? And so we had also talked about how the best centers in the league are not American, right? Mm -hmm. So in Joel Embiid and the Joker, right? Right. But I had forgotten about Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. And I'm like, they could use him. I feel like he's a big body. Yeah, they could use him. Yeah. Um, And your boy Dwight Howard. I know he's a little older, but... They would impose some physicality on the interior that I think is much needed. Yeah, like I said, I think that's um. You saw it a couple years ago with someone like DeAndre Jordan. You yeah, know, he was pretty dominant um with Team USA because he just clearly had the physical and athleticism advantage. Right, like just clearly, like he was like the most athletic out there. Right, and you know when you compare him to any of the players on the other team, it was just literally not even close. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, it was, it was you know, just a one-man race. Yeah, so, <laughs> one-man race, that's funny. Yeah, so I, you know, I think something like that could really help them. You know, other than that, it's like, you know, if you don't really have that, then you don't really have a, a ton of advantages that you could really use. Right. Because, you know, if you if you have a, a really, like, like physically gifted or a really athletic um, type of big or like just player in general. Yeah. Then I think that you know that really changes some stuff up and you know that um, kind of gives them a little bit of a li- little bit of momentum. In yeah. A way. Um, yeah. So. Well, you know that that's a great point, son. And what you're talking about is what NBA talking heads will say a vertical threat, mm-hmm. right? With DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard or even Carl Anthony Towns, even though he's not the most athletic, he still moves pretty well and he's big. Mm-hmm. So I, in the two games that we've watched, I don't think we've seen any alley oops from Team USA. Yeah. Right. So it's like that's a huge hole in the game because mm-hmm. you need someone that can set that screen and then dive towards that basket that you can throw the ball up and over to. Right. Mm-hmm. If any, and even if you don't throw the oop or they don't catch the oop, right? Mm-hmm. When that big man dives like that, it collapses the paint, yeah. right? That's almost like penetration. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like then the guys have to sink in, but you don't have that, right? Right. And so now it's just coming down to pure shot making. Mm-hmm. Who can make the most shots, right? Because everyone's just shooting from the perimeter on both sides of the ball. Because mm-hmm. Team USA, they can score at the rim and they can score from the three, but they're not doing a good job of scoring from the second level, which mm-hmm. is the mid-range. And they're not, they have nothing from the fourth level, which is the post, right? Mm-hmm. And even from the two levels that they're scoring from, they're not dominating that. You know, they're not dominating at the rim. They're not dominating from the three. Um, and I feel like there's probably a lack of leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the guys on the team, except for Draymond, are not that vocal. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, they're going to turn it around and, and be able to, to, to get a medal? Or yeah, I think we're going to struggle? I, I still think that Team USA can turn around and get a medal. Um, like I said, you know, they are a team full of NBA players, a couple stars. And I think that... You know, it would just, like, for them not to win it, like, that that would be a really bad look right. for, honestly, everyone on the team. Right. So I um I do think that they will be able to still get a medal, but um you never know. Like, it's kind of a – it's kind of 50-50 at this point. Wow, okay. Yeah, and I also have, you know, kind of just comes to the realization, like, it's really, like, the big men and the players who have the, the – the sh- like, who are physically gifted – like amongst others because it's just like you know someone like Anthony Davis I remember even when he was young right. playing for Team USA he would still you know get a, a ton of blocks you know kind of catch the lobs you right. know just do his thing like yeah. he had that physical and athletic um, advantage someone like Carmelo Anthony like you know he's not like super athletic but like physically yeah. like he Carmelo Anthony Carmelo Anthony is like one of the strongest wings that I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I agree. LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. Wade used to kill. You know, even though Dwayne's not the biggest, he was explosive. Yeah, so you know, Kobe. Yeah, so it's just like them, them athletes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't actually know if it's a bad thing if you Team USA doesn't win it because I like seeing the teams from the world from other countries come out and really compete and there's no fear factor there mm-hmm. they don't fear team usa there's no mystique there so to speak anymore right mm-hmm. no one's in awe because a lot of these guys they play with these guys right mm-hmm. um and so i i love it there's a certain level of parody and it ensures for good games all the time there's no blowouts right mm-hmm. um and maybe as a country we've gotten a little bit complacent with our skill development I don't know. Maybe we've tried to copycat the world too much where we just got all of our big guys shooting threes yeah. when they should be learning how to play with their back to the basket because that that is an effective strategy. Um, I know Precious Achua had a monster block on KD, right? Oh, yeah. Monster block. And then he, on his Instagram post, he basically said, like, you're not that guy. So, like, they're <laughs> oh. not scared. You know what I mean? Oh, wait. Did he say you're not that guy, pal? I think it was something like that. Oh, that's a meme. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's just okay. like this one dude like walks up to this one um this other guy and he's like, You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. <laughs> You're not that guy. Well that's what he put on his Instagram uh caption of the block. And it was just it was a great still shot. Like I love it. I love it. Yeah. Because then guys gotta bring it every single night. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to show you that meme because that's it's pretty funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, but hopefully Team USA is hooping like the Toon Squad about to be hooping on Friday. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. with Space Jam, what a new legacy? Oh yeah, that's what it's called. Oh yeah, Bron um, AD. Yeah. You know what? One more thing, real quick, before we move into our next segment, 
Team USA doesn't have a pure point guard. Mm. I know they have oh. Dame, but they don't have anyone like a Chris Paul who's mm. setting the table for everyone else. Yeah. How much do you think that hurts them? Uh, yeah, I think that definitely also hurts them. I was kind of thinking of that. Like, I remember, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Chris Paul definitely did play um, back in at least, like, 2012, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he definitely set the table a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, he definitely looked a little bit better out there because, you know, it's just kind of like having that type of... Yeah, sorry, folks. We had a quick break. Mama Taylor called us um, while we were recording, even though we texted her and said we were about to record. <laughs> Simple accident, though. But, Sean, you were saying about uh, Chris Paul playing in 2012. Yeah. And how he really... Uh, stepped up as a leader on the court for them. It was really a floor general. Yeah, and just, you know, him playing in the NBA and kind of being seen as one of the more, like, you know, just, like, bigger leaders. And, you know, kind of like um, the way he played almost was like like a veteran. It's just, you know, he has so much experience just really playing the game of basketball. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, he kind of had that chemistry and no matter what, you know, they were going to, offense is going to flow regardless because he was there. Right. No, that's a great point. I mean, and the thing with Chris Paul, and you hit on it earlier, he plays, he's always comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. But not so much that he's just comfortable. He plays at his own pace. Oh, yeah. He controls the game. And that's a different level of point guard, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I played point guard and shooting guard in high school and college. I was good at playing point guard, but I I wasn't great at dictating the pace all the time. Right. Right. That was another step above me, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest, right? Now, put me at the shooting guard. I could just, hey, go get buckets. I was great at that, <laughs> right? Or at least I think I was pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, but that's a different level, being able to really just, okay, control the game. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily with scoring or assisting, but just controlling the game. Dame is great, but he doesn't do that naturally. Yeah. Steph is great, but he doesn't do that naturally, right? Yeah. I mean, Draymond is almost serving as a point forward out there, much like how he does on Golden State. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing about having him on the court, he's great defensively. He helps set the table for folks, but he just can't shoot. Same thing yeah. with Bam, right? It's like you yeah. put Bam out there, he just he, he can't shoot. He's not even comfortable shooting all the time. Like guys kick it to him and he just he's looking to drive it or get rid of it. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you think that's that that does hurt them a little bit, a lot? A lot of what yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how uh how Team USA responds. I believe they have another exhibition game either tonight or tomorrow night. So hopefully they can get on the right track. Uh mm-hmm. if anyone can do it, I know Popovich yeah, is definitely gonna make the right adjustments and, and get them rocking and rolling. Right. And so the day after we watched the Team USA Team Nigeria game, mm-hmm. or maybe was it the same day that we watched the U the U nineteen nineteen and under game uh finals france versus usa no think, was it was the next day yeah it was the next day because um we had watched i think it was tennis oh right then that game then soccer then the finals yeah that's right so because the nigeria usa game was saturday mm-hmm. and then sunday we watched we watched church online then we watched the wimbledon finals then we watched the team usa Team France, U19 finals. Mm-hmm. Then we watched the EuroLeague finals. And yeah. then we watched game three of the NBA finals. That was yeah. a great day. Yeah. That was a great day. A whole and bunch of finals. A whole bunch of finals. And I got in the pool. So that, I was like really, really happy about that. And we ate yeah. waffles. Waffles. What a great day. Yeah. Um, but that game featured, and shout out to my boy Matt Phipps who pointed this out. Uh, 
he said Chet Holmgren, right, from Team USA, Mm -hmm. who is the projected number one pick for 2022. Yeah. Or is it 2021? Mm, no, was, no, 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he because Chet Holmgren is still in high school, I believe, right? Right. Uh, he is the projected number one pick for 2022. Right. Team USA was playing against. How do you say my man's name from Team France? Hmm. Oh wait, hold on. Let me look at his name real quick. Uh, let me find it. Oh, Victor Wembanyama. V- that's very good articulation, son, or enunciation. Victor Wembanyama. Mm-hmm. Who is the projected number pick, number one pick for twenty twenty three? Right. Both of these guys are seven footers. Yeah, seven foot like two. Right, like they're very very tall. Yeah. Maybe two hundred pounds. I yeah. would give them in like the one eighty range. Like they're very very thin. Yeah, right? especially uh, when Banyama. Right, like they are extremely thin, but extremely skilled. Right. And so we have, look, I just looked up Chet Holmgren, seven feet tall, 190. Yikes. 190. Good gracious. Okay. So, yeah, that's right. Chet Holmgren actually committed to Gonzaga. I forgot about that. He just graduated. So Uh he's going to Gonzaga next year. That's a big pickup for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're combined under 400 pounds, right? (laughs) Like 350 is kind of crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. The segment for this, we named it Land of the Giants, right? Right. Because it seems like the the players, I don't want to say the players are getting taller, yeah. but the players, the taller players are getting more, I don't even want to say more skilled. They're being asked to do more creating on the perimeter. Yeah. Is that it? But is it actually working? Yeah, it, it seems like it, and we're, there's one dude coming up that I have grown to be a very big fan of. That actually, <laughs> I um, there's a little bit of an explanation for him that you know I, I know a little background story for him. So we'll get into that in a second. Well, well who is? Well, okay, who is it? Who is it? My man, Bo 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 Bo, who you're a huge fan of, right? Right. He's a seven footer. He gets no playing time for Denver, right? Right. Thon Maker. Who was a lottery pick like four or five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. He gets no playing time for Detroit. Yeah. McCour Maker, right? Who was a four or five star recruit last year, made big headlines by going to Howard University at HBCU, right? Right. He averaged, I think, 11 points, 12 points, six rebounds, something like that. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. But he's not projected to be in this year's lottery because he's going to the draft, right? Right. He's not projected in the lottery. And some. Draft board, mock draft board, don't even have him in the first round. Yeah. And then Chris Stapps Porzingis, right? Mm-hmm. KD nicknamed him the Unicorn. He yeah. has one all-star appearance, right? Yeah. Now, we watched the game the other day. Chet Holmgren looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor Wembanyama looked really good, right? Right. But I, we were, I think, please forgive me if I'm speaking out of turn, we were more so impressed by Jaden Ivey. Yeah. Jaden Ivey from Team USA, the kid from Purdue, who's like 6'4", 200, reminded me of, uh, of Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Very explosive, very quick, great lateral movement, has some vicious dunks, a couple blocks. Mm-hmm, great I'm, build. I mean, great build, big shoulders, wide back. Like, this kid looked amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But again, I go back to the original question. Is this where the NBA is going? And another question, a follow-up question on that, is this where the NBA should be going? 
Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, if you can get um people um a good amount of people who are like you know seven foot um and above, then you know maybe they should kind of go this way because you know I think that them them dudes is like they just I get it they they may be thin sometimes but it's like you know it's like they are very talented a lot of them so someone like Thaw Maker, um Bow Bow um. The Chet Holmgren and then the um, Victor Wimbanyama, um, those dudes is like you know they got from what I saw they got a lot of talent right. and they can play inside out and it's like you know they they really tall too so it's like you know it's kind of hard to stop that. Yeah, but then so the question is why aren't these guys playing? Why aren't Bol Bol Thon Maker? Why aren't they playing? Why isn't Kristaps just dominating? Why isn't uh, McCour Maker projected to be the number one pick this year, right? Like, right. what? what's the disconnect? Well, I think that um, for someone like Bow Bow, I think that um, some teams just kind of have, like, um, doubts about players that are more thin, and, you okay. know, kind of tall like that. And even, I think even you said it. Um, you know, it's just like you just have a little bit of doubts, uh, which I honestly have no doubts with players like with – like, <laughs> Sorry, like that. Right. Um, I think that you should play them, but um, there are um, coaches out there who probably think that, you know, it's just who don't really like playing like the thin dudes and think that they should probably add a little more muscle. Um, with Kristaps, I think he honestly has had a career where, you know, he's had a couple of injuries. Um, he's missed out um, on at least a whole season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple years ago. Yeah, a couple they years tore ago. ACL. Yeah, tore his ACL. I remember um, just last year um, in the playoffs, he, um, I think he tore something and was out for the rest of the playoffs. Right. And um, so I think that that kind of has something to do with it. And it's just like, you know, he, he kind of just like, I get it, he can shoot, but he lacks like other things. Like, you know, he doesn't play defense well. Like, he doesn't. Really like to get to the rim a lot. Right. Um, his legs aren't um, strong enough. Right. So I think there are some things that some of the, the Giants lack sometimes. Right. Except for my man Bobo. Oh, and, my God. Who, um, you know, maybe he needs to add a couple pounds. But, you know, I think he's got kind of the full package. But, you know, back to Kristaps, you know, he's just... You know, he's not, like, the most athletic either. Right. So, I mean, he's a decent athlete, yeah, though. He's, he's a decent athlete. Um, But, you know, like, I think he just... He's lacking some things that I'd like to see him kind of add or, you know, just, you know, get strong. Like, his legs get stronger. Yeah. Yeah, and playing the post more. Right. I'm, but So, you hit it right on the head. I don't have – it's not that I have doubts about these guys. Mm-hmm. I think if you can play, then then throw them out there. Mm-hmm. Especially Bo Bo. I can't understand for the life of me why he didn't get any minutes in the series that Denver just lost to Phoenix when they got swept. I'm like, you're you're getting swept. At least throw him out there and let him play some, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just see what he can do. He's only 21 years old. But my thing is this. It's very basic to me. When you're tall, that is your biggest advantage. Yeah. Right? Your height. Mm-hmm. Right? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The sky hook. Yeah. Height. Literally just flipped it over. It just literally just flipped it over people, right? Mm-hmm. Dirt and a whiskey, right? You think about a, a oh, yeah. more recent example of a seven-footer who could handle the ball a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. But he made his money and won his championship from playing in the post. Right. Right? And hitting that fadeaway, that one-leg step back, right? Mm-hmm. 
less dribbles, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the further you step away from the basket when you're seven feet tall like that, the more you give up your advantage, mm-hmm. right? Because Chet Holmgren, very skilled player. Victor right. Wembanyama, incredibly skilled player, right? Mm-hmm. He's probably the number one uh, prospect, period, for any draft class, right? People mm-hmm. would probably love to draft him number one right now. Yeah. But it's like you're, you're, the ball's coming up so high when you dribble, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're only going to be but so quick, yeah. right? At seven feet tall, you just you can't be that quick, right? That would be like an X-Man or something like that, right? Yeah. So it's like why not learn to play with your back to the basket and then turn and shoot the, t- like, shoot the turnaround? Yeah. I, just, I don't understand that, right? Like why mm-hmm. do you want these seven-footers bringing the ball up the court and having to make the plays and having to shoot and all, that's too much to ask for them. Mm-hmm. And I know we have Kevin Durant, who's basically a seven-footer, who can do these things. I know we have uh, Giannis, right, mm-hmm. who can, who is very forceful, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, and those are two, they play to- two totally different styles. But I feel like they're more so anomalies yeah. than the rule. And so it may look cool, like, oh, this guy's seven feet tall, he's super long, he can shoot the three, he can do this. I don't know if that, that that's going to hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's probably going to have to get to some stage where they kind of try to get them dudes to play out the post more. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you can do all things that you're already doing and then play out the post as well. Right. It's like, you know, that's, that, that's just at some point going to become unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... Shooting threes when you're seven feet tall, I feel like that should be a bonus. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like that should be your your bread and butter. I feel like your bread and butter should be out the the low post or the mid post. Yeah. And like you said, with Kareem, just turn and flip it up oh, or yeah. get your up and unders. Or, you know, you can even shoot fadeaways from the mid post, right? Mm-hmm. I watched a video last week, a uh, compilation of Larry Bird yeah. shooting post fadeaways. It was like a three, four minute video of him just shooting post fadeaways. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, Larry Bird is legit 6'9", 6'10", right? Yeah. And people talk, well, could players back in the day play now? Yes, he would kill doing that mm-hmm. because he's catching it. He's shooting on Michael Jordan. He's shooting on Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. Um, you know, different players, right? Soon as he caught the ball, he's turning and fading. There's nothing you can do about that. Right. It's not the most like flamboyant play. Right. Or, like, you know, oh, it's going to make top 10 highlights and all that. But from a basketball pure standpoint or just as a, a real fan, I'm like, that's incredible to see that. Yeah. I would love to see some of these guys. Like, if Giannis had that, yeah. oh, my God, what would you do then? Yeah. Um, hold on for a second. I just noticed that we haven't actually talked a lot about Thon Baker. Wow. Yeah, because he's not doing anything, right? And I remember seeing when he was getting drafted, Thon Maker was drafted, like, number seven. Yeah. Right? He's a lottery pick. And he hasn't done anything. And this is, I'm not, you know, taking shots at, at him as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this height and this hype around the height is not translating, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I think that, honestly, with um, players that are tall like that and skilled, because I've seen highlights of Thawne Maker when he was, like, in high school, you know, just kind of, like, killing. I think that you have to be able to develop that in a way. And just, you know, kind of figure a way to work that, you know, make that translate. Because I yeah, think I exactly. think that it, 
I think that it's almost like the easiest way because he's just, you know, seven foot and, you know, he's got, you know, not guard like skills, but, you know, he, he, he's, he's mobile. He can, he can kind of move like, right. like, like no other seven footers. Right. Of course. And, and just real quick, he does have guard like skills. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have guard skills. Yeah. Those are two totally different things, right? Yeah. Because if I, if you say, Sean, you have the guard, Thon Maker, right? Mm-hmm. And he's going to catch the ball on the perimeter. I'm going to say, oh, okay, well, thanks. That's that's going to help me out a lot mm-hmm. because I can beat him to the spot. I'm going to be swiping at the ball, you know, just pestering him like a little gnat, right? Mm-hmm. But if he gets the ball in the mid post and he has a live dribble, right? Mm-hmm. Like they throw it to him in the, in the mid post and he can turn, he can shoot, he can dribble, all that. I have no shot. Yeah. No one has it. You you could be six six and you have no shot against that. Yeah. Right. But it's like you're not beating these NBA athletes off the dribble and they're six six to six eight and very strong, very quick. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's not your advantage. Your advantage is those five six inches that you have over them in in pure height. Yeah. Um. Speaking of guard skills, I I don't know if I can say this person has guard skills exactly. But um, I, I did say I had a little background or I had figured out like a little background story to Bo Bo and why he kind of like moves the way he does and, you know, plays the way he does. It's actually because um, when he was in fourth grade, he actually played point guard for the eighth grade team. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's kind of why he kind of plays the way he does a little right. bit. I think that's got a little something to do with it. So I don't know if you can say as guard skills yeah but um you know he definitely i've seen highlights he definitely kind of does play like a 7-2 guard and um at the same time you know he can you know just play like he can kind of play around the rim like he'll you know gets the rim kind of dunk on somebody and you know i've seen him kind of pick his spots at times so i think that I, I really just don't understand why he's not playing, especially. Yeah, and again, I go back to what I said earlier about the playoffs. When they were getting in the process of getting swept, Denver, that is, I thought Bo Bo should have been playing. Yeah. Like, just throw him out. Let's see, because you're going to lose. Yeah. So just go ahead and give him a shot, and let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right? But obviously that didn't happen. I just think that, again, it's a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. And you said the word earlier, and Uncle Lenny says it all the time. How does it translate, though? Right. It looks great when I see, you know, one of these taller players hit a crossover and shoot three. That's cool. That looks cool because we haven't really seen that before, right? Right. But how does it translate into winning basketball games? Yeah. How does it translate into a long career? Mm-hmm. I like this kid, Jane Ivey, a lot. Yeah. He just, just has a great build, extremely explosive. Yeah. Led Team USA in scoring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not just in the final game, but throughout the whole tournament. So, it'll be interesting because, you know, it's a copycat league. Everyone's looking for the next Chet Holmgren, Victor Wembanyama, mm-hmm. whoever's next after that. Everyone's looking for that. But, again, I don't know if it's actually going to, to, to work. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I think it can. but Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. All right. So, look, it's uh, time for our, our world-famous segment, Bank Robbers. But this time we're doing Bank Tellers. That's right. Right, but you know what? And it might not even be bank tellers. It might have to be like bank managers or bank presidents because we've got some great folks lined up mm-hmm. right here. So, did you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um. So for my bank teller, we got 
dude from Nigeria, Gabe Vincent. Right. <laughs> Gabe Vincent. I, I just remember, you know, going kind of crazy about Gabe Vincent after, you know, they won and beat um, Team USA. You know, I was like, oh, shoot. I was yeah. Like, oh, shoot. yeah, he was he was fried. Yeah, he he was really frying. Um, speaking of frying, 21 points, 6 from 8 from 3. Yeah. Out of um, Team Nigeria's 22 three-pointers against Team USA. That's really tough. I I mean, like, I, I really just don't even know what to say. Like, right. He just, like, <laughs> right. I think he played in the NBA for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like he did. Yeah, and, uh, you know, never really um, – I don't know if he ever had, like, a game like that in the NBA. Right, that's a good point. But, you know, he just kind of showed out against Team USA. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's just, like, to to see that and, you know, to see him lead Team Nigeria's win, especially because, you know, like, we like Team USA, but, you know, seeing Team Nigeria win was cool. And yeah. for him to be the leader of that team, you know, I, I, had to, I had to, you know, shout him out. Yeah. No, nah, he played great. He played great. And, again, with no fear. Right. Like, he was just making shots. He was taking shots and making shots um, with a tremendous amount of confidence. And Mm -hmm. it was fun to watch them play. Uh, Similar the next night with Team Australia and Patty Mills. Right. Patty Mills played great. He took over in the fourth quarter. He had a lot of big buckets, right? And Team USA, funny enough, like Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, some of these bigger players, Bradley Beal, they weren't able to step up like uh, Patty Mills was. Then uh, Patty Mills and... Gabe Vincent both gave great post-game interviews where they were just talking about teamwork, camaraderie, um, and being confident, stepping into the moment. So I think that he's a great choice for Bank Teller. Yeah, and I, I was telling, I was trying to tell Team USA, you know, just fear um, Patty Mills. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> right. He, he, he will um, come for us again because, right. you know, he did. <laughs> right. I, I, think he beat, I think he beat Team USA last year. Um, I, I'm not sure what it was. But, like, I, I remember they played, and um, t- um, Patty Mills went off, and yeah. Team USA ended up losing to Australia. Right. And um, he just did it again. Well, so. I remember the first time I saw Patty Mills, this is probably 10, 15 years ago now, before he was in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He crushed Team USA. I was like, who is this little guard just killing people? Yeah. Right? And so maybe he's just got it out for us. I don't know what it is, right? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously proven himself to be a very good NBA player and an NBA champion. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, shout out to him and shout out to Gabe Vincent, like you said. Mm-hmm. For me, I actually, I started with one bank teller, but then I had to expand to three. Yeah. Right? So, I have Maya Moore, yeah. former WNBA player, who took a year off this past year to advocate for social justice issues. Mm-hmm. She won the Arthur Ashe Courage Award at this year's ESPYs. I have Paige Bukers. I hope I'm saying her name right. I'm used to seeing it as Paige Buckets. Um, she mm-hmm. won the Female College Athlete of the Year uh, award at the ESPYs. Both of them actually went to UConn, right? right. Obviously not at the same time because my more is like 32 and Paige is like 19, 20. Yeah. Uh, but UConn products, Gino Oriema, just good gracious, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carmelo Anthony who won the inaugural Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award from the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to highlight these three folks because they keep things in like they keep things in perspective to show that basketball we love it, you know, as we have a whole podcast about it, mm-hmm. but life is bigger than basketball. Yeah. And the fact that these folks who are using their platforms uh to bring like highlight social justice issues 
uh, and just awareness on things that need to be recognized to bring about a more equitable society. Right. I love it. It's like as a parent, as an educator, um, as a person who just cares about other people, mm -hmm. um, it just, it really warms my heart. Um, Carmelo said he was very uh, honored and, and humbled to receive the award. Maya Moore gave a great uh, speech about social justice and uh, kind of reforming the, the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Paige, she gave a great speech uh, honoring black women, women specifically. Yeah. Wanted to shout out black women and, uh, you know, name Breonna Taylor. That gave me goosebumps. It's giving me goosebumps right now. Right. Uh, just seeing these folks who are super talented. And, like, all three of them are major buckets. Right. Man, like, major buckets. Yeah, we said, we talked about Mel earlier. Yeah, we did, exactly, right? And then mm -hmm. Maya Moore, I remember her, like, seeing her in college, I was like, my God, yeah, she is just a problem on both ends of the court. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, Miss Buckets, Paige Buckets, like she is just she she was the the national player of the year as a freshman, right? Like so to see them that these folks who are super talented but then super conscious and empathetic, um, I just thought it was great. So we couldn't do a, a, a bank robber segment. We had to do bank tellers or bank managers or bank pe bank presidents in this case. Yeah. So those are my three. Shout out to them um, and, you know, salute them and continue to do great work to, to help their fellow human beings. So, yeah. All right. And with that, it is time for our final segment. Yeah or no. Nah. All right. That was pretty good. So I said this earlier and you kind of already answered it, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it back out there. Yeah or nah, will Team USA earn a place on the medal stand in Tokyo? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I already kind of said it. You so. did say that. You did say it. So do you care to elaborate and pick which medal you think they'll win? Okay, so what medals are there? Gold is top, silver mm -hmm. is second, bronze is third. Uh, I'm going to go with the bronze. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to agree with you on that. Yeah. So I say yeah, but I think it's gonna be like a silver or bronze. I don't think they're gonna win the gold. Yeah. And I hope they do. Obviously, those are my fellow or our fellow countrymen. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just think it's gonna be really tough. Yeah. Does the bronze? Does the medals like? Is it determined by how they play? Well, they gotta win. Oh, win so the tournament. Oh, so another team can earn the gold. Yeah, of course. What do you mean? Oh, like, so then they will get bronze and then another team get gold. Yeah, so, well, so you have the championship game, mm -hmm. right? The championship game, the winner of that gets gold, the loser gets silver. Mm. And then you have the bronze medal game. So the winner of that gets bronze, the loser of that gets nothing. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I, I might have to say gold. Oh, <laughs> okay, what? I might, I might have to say gold. What in the way? How do you not know how the Olympics works, man? I don't know. What am know. I doing as a parent? I I'm sorry, I just didn't know. But um <laughs> yeah, um I'd say bronze or gold. Okay. Bronze yeah. or gold What? So no silver, just bronze or gold. No, I think it's gonna be uh go high or um go low. <laughs> okay. Well I'm gonna say silver or bronze. I don't I don't see them winning the gold, but I hope they prove me wrong. Yeah. Okay. So second year or nah. We mentioned that Giannis had Back-to-back 40-point -back games in the finals. 
Mm-hmm. I believe it's back-to-back the first time in his career that he's had back-to-back 40-point games. Mm-hmm. He picked a great time to do it, right? Right. So, yeah or not, will Giannis go for his third straight 40-point game in game four? Nah, I think he'll get like 37. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any specific reason why? Because I think Phoenix is going to have to make some sort of adjustment mm-hmm. a little bit because, you know, he's been going buck wild <laughs> oh in, these, in these last two games. <laughs> I see what you did so, there. So, um... Yeah, I think that they're going to make a little bit of adjustment. But then he's going to kind of pick it up in the second half. Okay. So, like, 21 in the second half. Okay. So, I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna say, yeah, because he is playing with a lot of force right now. Yeah. And kind of like we said with Team USA, Team USA, like, no other team was scared of them right now. Mm-hmm. Giannis is definitely not scared of Phoenix. Yeah. And when they switch Aiden on him and he's big boyed Aiden a couple times mm-hmm. and Aiden's their biggest, strongest defender, yeah. it's like, oh, man, Giannis is really feeling good. Yeah. Right? He's shooting his free throws better. Um, and they're at home. So I think he's going to go for 40 again. I okay. do. And I think they're going to win game four uh, in a really, really close game. Okay. So we'll see. That game is on tomorrow, uh, Wednesday evening at 9 p.m., I believe. Eight or nine. I think it's nine. Wait a minute. It is nine on ABC. Okay. Um, and so, the third and final year or nah, the most important year or nah, possibly in year or nah history. Year or nah, will the Washington Wizards finally hire Sam Cassell or bring Kelly Oubre back home? I should say and or bring Kelly Oubre back home. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, here, you go first. I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah, there have been a lot of former players who have been hired recently, right, Mm -hmm. as coaches. Jason Kidd in Dallas, Mm -hmm. right? Chauncey Billups in Portland. Uh, The one guy who's coaching the Celtics, I can't remember his name, played for the Spurs. Ime Udoku. Oh, very good. Ime Udoku, right? Mm -hmm. He was a good player back in the day, right? Right. Sam Cassell, we still don't have a coach that Sam Cassell doesn't have a job. Yeah. So it's like, this makes sense to me. Just bring Sam. He's from the DMV. Bring him back home, right? right. And Kelly Oubre, we never should have let him go, yeah. right? And the Warriors aren't going to keep him, so bring him back home too. So I'm saying, yeah, for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, for Sam Cassell. I'm going to say, nah, because for some reason, um, for Kelly Oubre, because oh. for some reason, I just feel like we're just not going to do that. Oh, my goodness. Um, unfortunately. <sighs> but um, I hope we do. I really, really hope we do both. So, um, yeah for Sam Gasell and nah for Kelly Oubre. Okay. So, the first year or nah, we both say, yeah, they're going to earn a medal mm-hmm. for Team USA. Just varying degrees of the medal. You said gold or bronze. I said bronze or silver. Mm-hmm. For the second one, will Giannis go for his third straight 40th, third straight 40-point game? You said nah. I said yeah. And for the last one, I said yeah for both. You said yeah to Sam Gasell, nah for Kelly Oubre. Right. I can live with that, though. Even though I really want Kelly Oubre back on our team, I feel like he fit in great with Brad and Russ. But we need Sam. Yeah. All right, man. That's been a great episode. I think we're, we're done. So why don't you go and take us home? All right. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Hoop Live with Sean Sean podcast. Episode 22 of season two. <laughs> say it. Say it. Say it. This is Milwaukee. <laughs> um... If you haven't already, make sure you go over to our podcast, rate us five stars as always, uh, write us a comment, let us know just anything, and 
We're on all podcast platforms, so wherever you get your podcast, we are there. We will be there, and you will see us. Or hear us. Yeah, or hear us. <laughs> and uh, from our family to yours, peace. Peace.